Welcome everyone, this is Sue from SJC Yoga and welcome to my little podcast. I decided after writing a blog yesterday, which got quite a lot of interest on the dreaded middle age spread, that um, I would do a podcast on it. I've also got a guest with me this morning, I've got Gareth, my partner, who I'm going to um, bring in a little bit later because he's had um, some experience of removing middle-aged spread, haven't you, Gareth? I have indeed. An interesting story. I'm sure you'll uh, grill me on it. There is a reason why, as we get older, it is more difficult to keep that fat away, especially from our um, mid midsection. And the reason is for men and for women is hormone levels. With men, it's testosterone, and with women, it's progesterone and estrogen. I hope I've, I've said that correctly. I'm sure I have. As when we're younger, we have equal amounts of these hormones which keep things in check, like our blood sugar level, um, our muscle mass, our uh, basically keep us healthy. But for women, once we get into our 30s, kind of 35, um, we start to have those hormones that diminish. And the female body does have a very fine balance of both these hormones, progesterone and estrogen. Now, high levels of estrogen increase fat tissue, but because when we're younger, we've got the progesterone that does offset it. And as we get older, the progesterone levels decrease faster than the estrogen. So we're having to fight against that. So it is a hormonal thing, but it doesn't mean to say that we all have to succumb to the middle age spread. And I think once you understand that it is the hormone levels, there are something you can do about it. So it's really quite basic practical things and this is where I'm going to bring Gareth in and find out his experience. Your diet is very important. Um, You need a healthy source of protein because protein builds muscle and muscle burns fat. Only eat sugar in its natural form. I know it always sounds kind of quite practical advice. We need to keep working the muscles because the muscles burn fat. So look at bringing in some weights into your exercise they don't have to be heavy weights. You can bring them into certain things like yoga. You can do some power walking with some lighter weights. And a lot of the yoga, especially, I incorporate weights into certain things like um, the warrior sauna pose, ones where you can hold the weights properly. Another thing that, that does upset our hormone levels is stress. So it's important that we do look at self-care. It's important we have time to ourselves, whether that's a walk in nature, whether it's a little bit of mindfulness, whether it's connecting with friends. Every opportunity as well, I always tell people to walk or stand. You actually burn double the amount of calories by standing than sitting. So by just bringing in a few little tweaks here and there, we can kind of just fight that middle-aged spread. So I wanted to bring Gareth in because Gareth is what I describe as a skinny fat bloke. Is that right? Skinny fat bloke. (laughs) Gareth is very lean, naturally, he's very tall, um, and he still had a middle-aged spread when I met him. And I'm sure that he knows why. So I'd just like to bring him in to describe his experience of what he did, the small changes that he made over a long period of time to get rid of that rather um, annoying muffin top muffin top so welcome Gareth thank you and nice to be here so do you like my description of you well I, I think it's 
I think with anything, there was a, there was a tinge of ooh. Um, but I think we made that tinge of ooh because there's a lot of truth in it. I mean, when I when I met you back in sort of 2012, 13, and I was in a bad way with my food, and I think that that's how we first started working together. If you remember, I, I kind of um, brought you in to sort my uh, my diet out, and I, I think one of the, the I still recall because like, it, it was embarrassing at the, at the time. It's still embarrassing to think about it. Is when you asked me to do a food diary. <laughs> well. I look, I look at food diaries all the time and nothing really much shocks me, but yours kind of did. Well, it shocked me because when I actually wrote down what, what I ate, because the, the thing with the food, Sue asked me to write this food down, the whole purpose was to write down um, everything I consumed. It wasn't just ate, it was what I, what, what I put in my body, so any kind of food or drink over the course of a few days. And when I look back, it was just ridiculous and it, it was bad. So do you think that awareness gave you some understanding as what you you needed to do. I think I I, I had this thing where I thought that going to a gym would get me in shape. So before before 2012, from about 2008 onwards, I did have a kind of concerted effort to get into shape. I tried running and I took on some some gym sessions with a a personal trainer. And the the personal trainer was the first person, really, Richard. Um, He's a good lad, he's Richard, and I enjoyed my time with him. And he encouraged me to eat in a different way. And I found that that's what I found hard, the eating. And it, it wasn't what people say, it's all, it's all about eating chicken and broccoli. I could actually manage chicken and broccoli. What I couldn't do was stop the, the treats and sweets. So you remember when I, used to, when I did my diary for you, there were things there like I'd have like three cans of Red Bull and eight Kit Kats for lunch, you know, and then the, the evening meal would be some form of pizza. And, and I think for me, I had become aware um, that, that I was just eating garbage. And I knew that anyway. And, and I think anybody that, certainly people I know that talk about getting into shape, we all know we eat the wrong stuff. But it's how we, it, I suppose I found it very difficult to give it up. So, so I think um, the, the, the exercise is one thing and that in itself is a challenge, but the food is equally a challenge, if not an equal challenge, a bigger challenge. Well, your food is um, a kind of eight hours a day issue. It's not something, you know, you go to the gym, come home from the gym and that's it. But your food is a constant um, battle sometimes. So do you have any ideas about why you ate so much sugar did you feel you were addicted to it um did it give you something that you needed and why was it so difficult to to just cut down on that well, sugar i think there's two elements to this because i mean you know your, your listeners won't know but you know I've, I've had issues in the past with alcohol so i've overcome an alcohol addiction mm-hmm. i understand what addiction feels like now the thing with an alcohol addiction is the reason you you you, you have to deal with that is because it's not exactly socially acceptable to be staggering around pissed you, you know, you, you can't drive a car, you can't go to work. People, you know, you, it's noticeable when you're drunk. Mm. So, so if I, my addiction with alcohol and drinking vodka and that for breakfast and drinking lots of beer and whatever. Vodka for breakfast? Vodka for breakfast, um, I wouldn't advise you to try it. It's, it's not like a diet, you know. You, you, <laughs> you, well, it's a bit like a diet because you kind of wake up one day and you've lost, you've lost you, any weight, but you've just lost four days. And you do uh, not eat very much. You don't eat very much. So there is, there is, but anyway, I mean, that's, that's another thing altogether. But as far as the food's concerned, I think because there's no kind of, I think because it's, it was socially acceptable to eat these things, you don't think you're addicted until you start. And I think that the key to an addiction for me is to try stopping it. So when I made an active decision to stop eating as much rubbish, I found it very hard on two levels. One is I missed the taste and flavour. And secondly, I, I did used to get a kind of nice feeling when you kind of, well, I, I wouldn't say you'd had enough because it, it was like I, I used to pig out on stuff. So... When I started the training and I was given the diet to, to eat, I was keeping to the diet, but I, w- I was also not telling Richard some of the stuff I was eating. 
So I was still eating chocolate, I was still eating Kit Kats and biscuits, I was still eating and consuming lots of sugary drinks. And I found whenever I stopped doing it, I found I found it quite strange. I, don't, I think I did it, it made me feel good. I've got to be honest, it made me feel good to eat rubbishy food. I so when you, when you took, like you say, when you stopped eating it, how did it feel? Did it feel there's something missing? Well, there's two. I think it, I felt first and foremost, you you, be, you don't realise how big a deal food is till you start to stop doing some of it. So I think like anything is whether it's human nature or just me. When you're told you can't have something, it's amazing how you want that more. So I used to find myself getting quite obsessed with meal time, thinking oh, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I need something to eat. And no matter how much chicken and broccoli I ate, there was always a sense of I need something else. Mm. But I think on another level, and I think I have to be honest about this, you mentioned stress. I was at a very difficult time in my life back then, and I wasn't particularly comfortable with myself in, on, in, on a number of levels. And there was a lot of comfort eating went on. And I, th- and I do laugh when a little bit when you say skinny fat boy, because I have got the, whether it's a blessing or not, I, I can eat a great deal of rubbish and not put a lot of weight on. So my weight's always been fairly stable. And when, when I met you back in 2012, it would have been about... I would just come down from 15 stone. I was 15 stone. So, and Benny Man, a lot of that was belly fat. Mm. But if, if you'd have put my statistics into a, a computer and, and told a doctor or anybody else, I was perfectly healthy. Yeah. Because I was six foot one um, and I was 15 stone. And I could have been up to 17 stone and I would have still been healthy. That's, that's where the stats were back then. I think they changed a little bit now. I think it's about 16 stone is healthy. But even if I'd have been 17 stone, I'd have just been overweight. I wouldn't have been obese. Mm. So I think I had this this thing where because I wore clothes and people never noticed, it, it, I got away with it. So let's fast forward to um, how you are now. I know you do still have the battle with sugar, but not to the extent that you used to do. But what has changing your diet and, and becoming more healthy given you? I mean, I, this, I suppose this all ties in with when I started um, living with you, which was back to 2014, something like that. About them, won't it? Something like so, that yeah, in 2014. Yeah. And the one thing I think to remember is it's very difficult to to do something in a in a household where people are doing the exact opposite. Mm. So, for instance, if you're living in a household with somebody who's eating junk food, it's really easy to eat junk food. It's very hard not to eat junk food. Um, so, you know, when I was living with my now ex-wife, you know, there was a lot of kind of. I'm not saying we ate rubbish all the time because we didn't. That'd be unfair on on, on Yvonne and, and how, how the house ran. It didn't. But I, I never got questioned about what I ate. I could eat anything, really. And you always questioned it because you always had an opinion of, you know, why do you have to eat that much <laughs> stuff? And I think the interesting thing was I, I knew very quickly in our relationship that my concept of um, a, a couple of sweet treats and yours was very different. You know, yours would be a, a piece of dark chocolate, you know, and, and mine would a, a, a full apple pie. <laughs> with custard. Cold custard. With cold custard. Followed by some chocolate and things. So... What, what I, th- I suppose I did, in, in the time from 2014 up to sort of 2016, 17, I was starting to, to deal with the, the sugar and reduce it. I wasn't training as well or as hard as I could be. Um, and, and we got into walking and I was, I was aware you were a lot fitter walker. And I think for me, and it's only for me, I can only talk about me with this. I got to a stage where I remember one day doing a walk with you and I were kind of, you were having to slow down and I thought, hang on a minute, you know, Sue's some eight years older than me and she's a female I'm not being I'm to be sexist you know generally as a rule men and female male and female are the same age should be men should be stronger we're meant to be stronger and it was embarrassing that I couldn't keep up to the levels of fitness and I, I put that down to two things one is I didn't do a lot of exercise and also I think I was I felt like I was carrying too much weight even at sort of I'd have been about 13 and a half stone then so this all kind of culminated with 
you kind of bringing in more sensible food and me dealing with the sugar. But I only really dealt with it properly in 2017. I don't know if you remember the conversation I had in the morning when I was getting changed after the shower. And did I say something like... Did I mention your fat belly? You mentioned me fat belly and, and I was I was embarrassing because I thought, do you know what, I don't want to be... I don't want my partner to have that opinion of me. But it was coming from a good place. Even if it come from a bad place, it wouldn't have mattered. (laughs) What what mattered was is, I used to look at you and think she's in good shape, you've got a trim body, you know, and that was a pleasure for me to, you know, spend time around. In your case, I I don't want you kind of having to roll over and look at some kind of ginger snoring bearded fella with a belly. So, well, that's not right. So I kind of made a decision in October of 2017 that I was going to change it. And I went on this... Quite extreme, well, listen to what nobody you know, you know, extreme is my thing, it's like all or nothing. Um, and I decided just to cut out all the sugar. And it, I've got to say, the first the first week, 10 days, was absolutely dreadful. And I can understand why people don't keep to it, because you've just, you've just got, you lose the will to live. And bear in mind, I wasn't eating nothing, I was not eating sugar. And, it, and the, the, the detox off sugar is very, very difficult, but it only lasts... For me, I got kind of after three or four days, it was it was okay for three or four days. Day four to about day seven were quite tough. And then it was just the mindset after that, if you don't, you're not going to eat this stuff, because it was almost habit. It was a habitual thing. I need a bit of something sweet. So from, 2000, from 2017 to October, by the time I got to Christmas, I'd, I'd lost two and a half stone. And it, and it came off easy. And, and it came off comfortable. I mean, I think there were times you used to not like the way I ate because I went to intermittent fasting and I know that's not what this podcast is about, but I chose to eat once a day. For me, I found a way of eating that kept me um, levels going all day so I didn't feel tired because I used to get very tired after eating sugar. And by Christmas time, I'd gone down from... Well, I, I, was, I was just... I was ten, at Christmas lunch, I remember it, I was 10 stone 8. So bear in mind, if I'd have gone back five years, I was 15 stone. That's the third wow, body that's weight. a big difference. And people did pass comment that I was looking thin, but I did have the big bushy beard, which is making so Well, you didn't actually look that thin with the beard. Oh, it was when the beard came off. Was you, shocked, look com- you? you look like a completely different person. Well, I've lost a lot of weight. I mean, you know, that, that you, was too You've grown the beard and then lost the weight and then, then took the beard, the beard off. off. <laughs> well, weird. So I, th- I think the thing what I did is I started to look at food in a different way. I thought, this is, it's fuel to start with. But then you start to bring in some very tasty, tasty food. And I, I suppose what was interesting and... Uh, and I suppose we have this relationship where we live together which is a bit different is I noticed how as fridge changed we didn't have any garbage and junking mm. there were no rubbish I didn't have the desire to eat the sweet stuff once I'd got rid of the, the addiction to it and then when I did have something sweet to eat we're like wow you know poof, you know, you could, you could almost see my eyes dilate you know it, it was interesting how I still enjoyed the sweet stuff but I didn't have the desire for it on a regular basis that's um, a good a good point really I don't have the same addiction to sugar However, there are things that I enjoy eating. And if I had them in the house, I'll eat them. If they're not in the house, I don't want them enough to get in my car or walk down to the shop and buy them. So look at what is in your fridge. And if you kind of get attacked by um, midnight hunger pains, there's nothing in your fridge that you can consume quickly that's not that good for you. Well, I found things... I mean, the one thing, I mean, again, I don't know whether this is appropriate, but I'll share it. I found it interesting that if if you let's say you like cheesecake or you like something sweet, you know we had because you used to take it on the morning for your breakfast in your in your in your porridge. We used to you used to have um, very low calorie, low carb um, protein powder. Mm. So I used to put some chocolate protein powder into either yogurt or into um, low fat 
zero fat yogurt or into cottage cheese and it would make like a sweetest tasting spread and I can I was okay but the interesting thing for me was when, when the weight started to come off it became a big motivating factor I think in the first week I lost seven pounds eight pounds it was a lot in the first week and I know a lot of that could have been water but funnily enough I was drinking a lot more water I got I, I started drinking a lot more water during the day so if I got hungry come lunchtime I wouldn't eat I would just drink water and I started, and you know I went to intermittent fasting I know you had an opinion on that that wasn't maybe always that great because it didn't work for you but it certainly worked for me um, and just having that little snack on an evening of, of cottage cheese with protein powder so I found other things to give me a, a slightly sweeter taste so I suppose what we originally started talking about was how it gets more difficult as you get older because of your hormone um, ba- imbalance. Well, it's, it's testosterone isn't it I think the, the big thing with men around testosterone so, do you, so have you found that as you've got older it's not as easy or did you never attempt to lose weight yeah, I think as I, I think what I, what I look back at if I go back to kind of when I was in my 20s you know unfortunately I grew up in a time in the 80s where it wasn't fashionable to be lean it was actually fashionable to be big it was about being a lot of the kind of fitness people wanted to be bulkier so I wanted to be bulkier and I had a great body when I was 18, 19 I was very slim very lean I had a six pack and I, but that wasn't a look people wanted. It, it kind of wasn't a popular you know, look. You looked, you know, you wanted to look big and bulky. So I actually went through a stage of eating rubbish um, to put weight on. To think, but did you? Because th- I thought, I thought when I put it on, I thought if I put if I get bigger, it'll go all over my body. So I used to eat a lot of rubbish and crap. So you thought by eating a lot of rubbish, your muscles would grow? Yeah. I mean, this is it. <laughs> well, I laugh now. Oh, bless you. Well, no, naive. <laughs> How easy would that be? That'd well, be great. The, the thing is, I also believe that you have to be supported in what you're doing. And I know that a lot of people may be listening to this. If you don't have the support of your partner, it's very difficult. And I suppose if... Let's assume people listen to this are female. Mm. Um, and you've got some um, fat blokes at home who don't give a shit about what you do and what you eat. And, you know, you just don't care. And you're trying to get into shape. And he thinks you're a bit daft. Um, I think you need to share this this observation from me to, to, with your husband or your partner, whoever it is. Is you know you've got to be very careful. There's a thing that happens with women I've noticed of a certain age. They they get fed up with the men and bin them. And that's true. And they, they just do because you've got to keep in shape. You you think if if you don't want to turn up and wake up next to some horrible looking woman, do you think she does? So I, I do it for for a for vanity. I want you to think I'm in good shape, and I do believe I'm in good shape at the moment. A lot of work to do. And, and, and it does get harder, but it doesn't make it... It's still as simple. It's never complicated. You eat food that you know what it is. So if you put a meal in front of me and it's chicken and a piece of um, sweet potato or broccoli, I know what it is. I avoid packet foods. I avoid takeaways like the plague these days. Um, I, the, the only kind of time I will have anything sweet is, is if we go walking. And I, I tend to use it as an excuse. Well, to say, what do we eat when we, we go have, walking? We have them buns, don't we? We have those iced buns. But it, I think it does get harder... Um, what I have noticed when I lost the weight is I became more focused during the day. Um, I slept better. I didn't snore as much. Oh, that is a big. That's a big change because when I met you, your snoring was quite extreme. Because I was just consuming <clears throat> sugar. And now it's very, very rare. And it only tends to be after I've had something sweet. Mm. <clears throat> so just last night, did I, did I snore last night? So I, think I, I don't know because I was in you a coma. You were unconscious yourself, weren't you? <laughs> So I think it does It does get more difficult. It, what I'm saying, it probably comes off slower as you get older, but it's still the same process, which is you eat stuff that's right. I think also my exercise is different these days. I'm not in the position where I'm doing a lot of heavy exercise, but I'm getting, I'm, I feel like um, I've got a lot fitter because I'm, I'm kind of last weight. So when I go walking now, 
I tell you what I did. We went out for a walk. I don't even remember. I think we did walk and I'd, I'd carried a fairly heavy backpack. About two months ago, I think we went for a walk and I carried oh, a heavy yes, backpack. I remember. And when I come back, I weighed the backpack. And the, 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 the backpack weighed um, something like 18 pounds. And it was heavy. You know, there was a lot of weight in that. It was noticeable when I put my back. I thought there was a bit of weight in this. And that was two-thirds of the weight I'd lost. So I just think when I was walking 12 months ago, I was carrying that backpack and more plus a backpack. Hmm. So it made me a lot quicker walking, which then when I got that kind of motivation, I think the time I really realised it made a difference was when we did um, that walk in Pateley Bridge. I think, yes, and to sum that up, it's, it is important how you feel. Uh, I mean, you just felt, I felt great. I mean, I was, I was light on my feet and we, we motored around that. And, and it, it was the first time I realised that A, I'd got up to your level, certain level of walking. And I don't think I'm far behind you now. I think I've, I've copped you up. You have. Um, and I've, but, but then that motivates you to keep going. And I think the one thing I would say for me is I had goals. I used to weigh myself. I weigh myself twice a day even now. First thing on the morning, last thing at night. I'm very conscious about my weight. If I feel like I've put on two or three pounds I don't want, I just have a day of eating very little, very light, lots of water. And I just think you've got to be mindful of it. You can't let it, you can't let it grasp and I'll let it slip. And I have this thing and a couple of, I think it was last year, or the year before we went to a... Um, a, a, a show it wasn't a show like an event where you could buy second hand clothes what do they call them um, what do they call them retro retro, oh, retro. retro clothing and, there was, and I bought this Ralph Lauren shirt it's beautiful and I couldn't wear it because it was it was just busting out around my gut um, and last Christmas day I wore that for Christmas lunch and it's my kind of my intention I, don't, I, I wear it more than I should do my intention is now to stay being able to fit in that shirt forever so that shirt is my barometer. If that shirt ever gets tight again, I'm putting too much weight on. So I think you supporting me was a great help. You cooking me food for me and, and making more sensible choices. Actually, you going shopping helps. Oh, the thing that I do not do is take Gareth shopping with me. It's not I usually <clears throat> spend twice as much and there are things in the basket that wouldn't find the way into the basket if I was on mail. Oh, I tell you, I so tell that's you what, another tip. Don't I'll take a hungry tip man as well, which, shopping. Which, which you really on my eyes to. Oh. Portion size. What about the 20 minute rule? And the 20, oh, well, yeah, that the 20 minute rule. So what, what Sue told <laughs> me was, after the meal, I said, oh, we have no sweet straight away. And then... Or I'm still hungry. I'm still hungry. And she would always say, wait 20 minutes. And every time you wait 20 minutes after a meal, if you feel slightly hungry when you're finished or you want something sweet, after 20 minutes... A, you don't feel hungry anymore, and secondly, you don't want the sweet thing. So that twenty-minute rule is a big is a big deal. I like that. So yeah, I told you to sit there for twenty minutes, and at first you think it ain't gonna work. <laughs> like ten minutes, no, I'm still hungry. Fifteen minutes, mm, perhaps I'm not so hungry. It, it goes. But I, th- I think this this support you've given me, I think the the sensibility around um, portion sizes, the idea of eating more kind of fresh stuff is a big deal, and also I think having us doing more organic and locally grown stuff has, has, has increased the taste and flavour. Mm. And I think you've, you've found the two recipes. I mean, if you'd have told me four years ago that I would actually enjoy sitting down to a plate of lentils. Oh, my vegan dish. The vegan dish. And, and equally, when we do that kind of Thai salad, which is just literally veg covered with a dressing, it's, it's, what I realise now is I'm, I'm enjoying the flavours that dressings and herbs bring without as much need for sugar. I also salt, because you know I still like my salt, and, I, and I'm a bit... You have I, cut down on that, though. But I, I take salt over a number of reasons. I drink a lot of water, I think you should add salt in, so, you know, I'm not I'm not exactly unexperienced or unknowledgeable in, in some of the aspects of nutrition, so I, I think that's important. But I think, for, for me, if I was if I was talking to a bloke um, or a woman, I would just say, first and foremost, 
if you've got to a stage where you've got really overweight and you, you're unhappy with your weight, you need to go through that 10 days of, of being a bit difficult. I wouldn't suggest you do that when you've got sort of on some high um, profile meeting if you're in business or you've got something on, but try to find the appropriate time, maybe starting on a Thursday and then doing it over a weekend. You can certainly put five days in, three of which you won't be at work if it's a bank holiday. And, and allow that to flick through. Don't give in to, oh, this is just too hard because it goes really quickly. You not drink a lot of water. I think that's something I've got you into more, to be honest, since since we were living together. We always have water. It's inside of bed. We're always drinking water, water, water. And just keep at it. And more than anything, keep weighing yourself and keep keep looking at yourself. My belly is, is there's still a little bit of, of kind. I'm still uncomfortable that I'm probably carrying about six pounds too much. Um, but when I look at myself now, I don't have to put my stomach in anymore when I walk past people. And, and that's all down to the, the simple advice. And, and I know this, this podcast is, is specifically about yoga. I think I don't do yoga anywhere close as, as much as you do, but I think having that ability to, to be able to settle your mind down is something that, although I don't do the yoga I have, and that kind of time to relax and, and really just almost care for your body, understand it's an important tool. Self-care, very important. Well, thanks for that, Gareth. Um, I'm going to wrap up now and um, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast I just want to say something from a yoga point of view don't be looking at your body as it is now and judging it we have to accept what is is and even though we do want to improve things and we may want to change things I don't want people to start being judgmental about the bodies and how they are we have to we do have to learn and it's a bit of a cliche to learn, we have to learn how to love ourselves and our physical bodies and as I say we may still want to change that but acceptance of where you is is a great place to start and um, so I hope you've enjoyed this podcast and thank you to Gareth um, for those words of wisdom and I'll speak to you later have a nice day